Happy Monday, folks. I hope everybody got over the first day of work. Monday mornings are always really hard. I work out, but still, it's like I always dread opening up and seeing too many emails or just like, oh boy, here we go. The weekend's over. (laughs) Four more days to the weekend. Anyways, why don't I pray? Because I would like to read out Genesis 43 in the NLT and we'll begin. Dear Lord, love you so much. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to read your word. I have been um, so impressed with some of the speakers I've seen on YouTube. And what I'm doing seems so weak and frail compared to their minds and how they how they expound the scriptures, Lord, and the wisdom that you have given them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm happy to do my part, and I'm happy to do my little part. And it does feel very small, but I really enjoy this. And I hope, Lord, that, you know, uh, whatever can be said about, you know, uh, what I'm doing is that maybe someone um, through the power of the internet, the internet God, um, someone will be influenced um, um, by your Holy Spirit, uh, by your Son, as um, they are trying to grapple and uh, find their way towards you, Lord. You are the one who draws us to Jesus, and Jesus is the pathway uh, to you, Lord, the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Lord, um, for your strength, for your kindness, for your mercy, for being such a gracious God, a God who communicates, a God who gives gives everything, who gave his Son. So help us, Lord, to have wisdom, to find peace, to have joy, Lord, and among the travail of this world, to find rest in you, uh, that Sabbath rest, the rest in Jesus Christ, our King. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. My friend and I were joking around in our Bible study about the book of Leviticus, like it's a tough one. We were laughing. So I thought, okay, I'm going to Google people who are teaching Leviticus. And I found this guy named David Pawson. I never heard of this guy before. And just, you know, I was looking at his YouTube video. So it it looks like an older video. He's wearing a suit. He's from the UK. Uh, You know, just the the nobility of the man, the way his tone was, the way he was talking. I could just see he was totally educated. Just one of those, you know, old time conservative ministers. And he actually made Leviticus so interesting. I'm thinking this man is so educated. He's so filled with the Holy Spirit. He's so intelligent, you know, and I'm looking at my own life and I'm going, oh man, compared to this guy, you know, he's, he's got like just somebody who could do anything, just who has a really wonderful mind, just really has such exquisite learning about the history, about the Bible, about Leviticus, about God trying to find a bride uh, for his son, you know, in the children of Israel and talking about Leviticus and how it has the most words of God, right? And it says, God says, I am holy, so you must be holy because I am holy. Like, just like, wow, you know, just reminded that the that all these books in the Bible, even the, the five books of the Bible, the Torah, are relevant for us today as 21st century Christians. Awesome stuff. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm just totally hooked. Let me read um, Genesis 43. But the famine continued to ravage the land of Canaan. When the grain they had brought from Egypt was almost gone, Jacob said to his sons, go back and buy us a little more food. But Judah said, the man was serious when he warned us. You won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. So I'm reminded now, it's like, okay, you know, um, uh, Jake, Jacob wasn't having it, right? Like I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, uh, we ain't, we ain't going back there. I'm not surrendering my son. You want to bring me close to death. And it's like, okay, we need more food boys. It's like, uh, well, the man is serious. The man, the second in command in Egypt. Okay. The guy who has Pharaoh's heir is very serious 
we don't let Benjamin go, you ain't getting no more food. So he says, if you don't let Benjamin go, we won't go either. Remember, the man said, you won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. Why were you so, why were you so cruel to me, Jacob moaned. Why do you tell him you had another brother? The man kept asking us questions about our family, they replied. <laughs> they just thought, they don't have a clue. These guys are totally in the dark, right? They replied, this is actually just drama. You know, this is like, see, this is what they were, what uh, David Pawson was saying. You know, Genesis is interesting. It's story. It's drama. You know, it's suspense. You know, Leviticus is just like, you know, he was saying boring detail, but he, he actually made it not boring. But, um, you know, this, this is like suspense right here. Genesis 43. Uh, they replied, he asked, is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? So we answered his questions. How could we know he would say, bring your brother down here? <laughs> it's not our fault. It's not our fault. Don't blame us. It's somebody else's fault. Judah said to his father, send the boy with me and we will be on our way. Otherwise, we will all die of starvation. And not only we, but you and our little ones. I personally guarantee his safety. You may hold me responsible. If I don't bring him back to you, then let me bear the blame forever. If we hadn't wasted all this time, we could have gone and returned twice by now. So they were obviously, from his words, I think that they're holding out, right? But now it's like a push comes to shove. We've come down to the wire. We're running out of food. We're running out of resources. We got no choice. Our back is to the wall. That's where the claws come out. So... Their father Jacob in verse 11 finally says to them, if it can't be avoided, then at least do this. Pack your bags with the best products of this land. Take them down to the man as gifts. Balm, honey, gum, aromatic resin, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Wow, doesn't sound like they're doing too many. uh, uh, It doesn't sound like they're doing a famine, but obviously, you know, famine for them is they don't have some of the staples, you know. Also take double the money that was put in your sacks as it was probably someone's mistake. So it's like when all else fails, bribery, you know, give gifts. Um, appease the guy, the second in command, who seems a little rough, as it was probably someone's mistake. Verse 13, then take your brother and go back to the man. I like how they keep saying the man. May God Almighty give you mercy as you go before the man so that he will release Simon and let Benjamin return. But if I must lose my children, so be it. What does it say? So it says uh, the man. What does it say in the ESV? Um, Take double, return, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, again to the man. So it's like the man, you know. Um, It just says the man. And I don't know why. I I really don't know why. I was just reading this in Acts 17. And again, here's what Acts 17 says. And I guess, I don't know, maybe this is a really dumb association. With me, all things are dumb, you know. As, my, as one of my relatives used to say, there are no dumb questions, just the people who ask. And then he would give me a wink, as if to say, I'm the dumb person asking the question. Yeah, he wasn't nice. <laughs> not a favorite relative, not on the Christmas card list. It says here, Acts, where is it? Acts 17. And it says here, Acts, no, 1731. It's, I'll, I'll do 30. Acts 1730. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. It's a global message. Because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the man in righteousness by a man. So it says a man, but we know the man is Jesus. 
by a man. It maybe should have said the man, but it says a man. In righteous by the man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. That was a sign. God raised Jesus from the dead because he was dead. Jesus was not able to act in this world because he was killed. He was a human being and human beings can be killed. God cannot be tempted um, and God cannot die. But Jesus was tempted and Jesus did die, but he's God in the flesh. And now that man, the man, Christ Jesus, is at the right hand of God. And God has amazingly added man, a man. He has incorporated that into the divine Godhead. Like it just boggles the mind. Divine and human are melded together in Jesus Christ. Like just mind-blowing, mind-boggling. God takes things that are opposites and he puts them together. Like, it's just unbelievable. You know what I mean? It just, it's just mind-blowing. Okay, so he says, um, if I must lose my children, so be it. So what choice do we have? So the men packed Jacob's gifts and doubled the money and headed off with Benjamin. They finally arrived in Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the manager of his household, these men will eat with me this... Um, this noon, take them inside the palace, then go slaughter an animal and prepare a big feast. So it's a big feast. It's, you know, it's like the wedding supper of the lamb. It's like, it's a feast. You know, he, he's celebrating. I, and I mean, I'm sure he's very touched. He hasn't seen his brother for years, possibly 12 years. You know, uh, the guy who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, he, they threw him in jail for 12 years. And maybe I mentioned this because I saw this on Wikipedia that um, his, he had a very young wife and the people in the church had to take care of her. And I, I, I personally long to see my children. I see them through um, Google Chats. I see them through this thing. They, they gave me something called Discord. Never heard of Discord before. Although I recall that I have seen some YouTube videos and they say, join us on the Discord link. And now I know what Discord is. And I long to see my children again. I keep hoping it's going to be sooner rather than later. Um, although I'm scared to death of getting on a plane and I'm scared to death of my children getting on a plane. I, I don't like planes. I used to like it when I was younger and I'd go with my parents to, to Florida and it was like, wow, this is faster than driving. But I enjoyed driving. It was like a, it was like a road trip. But a plane is just scary and you go through all these lines now and just it goes really high up. And I'm thinking, I don't like this. I am scared to death of planes. Maybe I don't trust God enough. I just don't like it. I don't know if it's the heights or whatever it is. So I guess I would like to see my children too. I'm thinking I'm going to be an old man when I see my kids again. They're going to be adults and I will have missed their childhood. But that's the way it goes when you become a Christian. Things happen to you out of the blue. What can you do but trust God? Somehow God's going to use it all for your good, but it sure doesn't feel good sometimes. The brothers were terrified when they were saw that they were being taken into Joseph's house. It's because of the money someone put in our sacks last time we were here, they said. He plans to pretend that we stole it. Then he will seize us, make us slaves, and take our donkeys. These guys are really frightened. You know, guilty people are always frightened, right? And he is, they're, they're scared. And who, who can blame them, really? Because Joseph's got a lot of power. I mean, he's basically pharaoh to them. You know, you know, Jesus is God in flesh. He's God to us. You know, God, our father, God, the son. 
He has the authority of the father. The brothers approached the manager of Joseph's household and spoke to him at the entrance to the palace. Sir, they said, we came to Egypt once before to buy food, but as we were returning home, we stopped for the night and opened our sacks. Then we discovered that each man's money, the exact amount paid, was at the top of the sack. Here it is, we have brought it back with us. We also have additional money to buy more food. We have no idea who put our money in our sacks. Relax, don't be afraid, the household manager told him. Your God, the God of your father, must have put this treasure into your sacks. Wow! <laughs> it's like, you're talking about the God we serve? Really? I mean, they must, that must have freaked them out. Like, this guy's talking God to us all of a sudden. I know I received your payment. Then he released Simeon and brought him out to them. I'm sure, you know, I've seen some videos where they bring him out. It's like, hey, what's up? How's it going, man? Good to see you. Hey, and they're all cheering, you know, because they finally got their brother back, right? And their brother is, you know, he's been kind of sitting in jail. Um, and they're happy to see him. So then the manager then led the men into Joseph's palace. He gave them water to wash their feet and provided food for their donkeys. Wow, he washed their feet. You know, it's like, huh, that's, I guess that's how Jesus, you know, maybe that's how the communion supper, the last supper kind of evolved. Jesus took the basin and said, I'm going to wash your feet now. Right? That's, and, and look, they're washing their feet. And I heard that, you know, they did that because Palestine or Egypt or all those places with all the desert and the hot and the heat and the sun, you know, it's, your feet get very dusty. So there would be like basins of water. You go to somebody's house and you wash your feet. They were told they would be eating there, so they prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came home, they gave their gifts they had brought him, then bowed low to the ground before him, just like the dream. After greeting them, he asked, how is your father, the old man who you spoke about? Is he still alive? Yes, they replied, our father, your servant is alive and well. Your servant. Wow. There's a lot of humility there. And, and there's definitely some fear there, you know. Fearing, fearing Joseph. People say to fear God means you don't have to be afraid of God. But I think sometimes you should be afraid of God. Like, you fear God, not because you're afraid like he's going to hurt you, but, be, but you fear him because of his authority. Like, you know, you respect God, like highest respect. Like they're paying this man the highest respect. And I think God does deserve the highest respect. He is the creator, okay? He made the far end of the universe that we only look at. Okay, that's the kind of mind that we're dealing with. A genius is genius is genius is genius is genius, etc., 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 as the guy in the Flintstones would say. God is infinite genius. You've got to have respect for that. I mean, I had this dude in school, and he was way smarter than all of us. We were all kind of afraid of him because he would make fun of us, you know. But then he would, you know, if he gave you a compliment, you felt good about yourself. But he was like so far above the rest of us. And he was just a human person. But I mean, this, there, wasn't, there wasn't anything this guy couldn't do. Like, just, I mean, he was a good athlete and he was smart. Like, 98% average in school. I think one guy uh, in the school beat him by like half a percent or something. And that other guy, you know, he wasn't an athlete at all. But we had the utmost fear and respect for that dude because he was so above the rest of us. It, it kind of made you mad. Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about, Joseph asked? May God be gracious to you, my son. Ooh, he, he kind of blesses Benjamin there. Then Joseph hurried from the room because he was overcome with emotion for his brother. Oh, 
He's got to got to keep it down, brother. You can't let you can't let up that you've been moved. Got to be tough, man. You know, men, men got to be tough. You know, it's like, oh, women say they like a man who's vulnerable with his feelings. But sometimes women do not respect you if you are too vulnerable right in front of them. They want somebody who's tough deep down. And he sure showed toughness. He wasn't going to let them see the soft side of him. I wonder if maybe God does that with us. He's just tough with us because he wants us to listen to him. He wants us to fear his authority and his intellect and do what he says. You know, David Pawson was saying that sometimes, you know, when 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 God asks us to do something, we like we want to figure out why. We want to figure out why we have to do. We want to justify it. So David Pawson says, "Oh, you you don't really trust God. You trust the God of yourself, your own reason. You want to reconcile it with yourself." But he says that's not obedience. Obedience is when you trust God even though you don't understand. And he says he said that's that's intelligent that's a really intelligent observation and he says sometimes god doesn't give you reasons for why he says what he says to you he tells you what he's doing you can trust god you don't understand why but you know god is good because you know he's doing everything for your best interests even though sometimes it doesn't feel so awesome and great that makes a lot of sense to me he went into his private room where he broke down and wept Hadn't seen his brother for 12 years. He hadn't seen his younger brother for 12 years and I'm sure Benjamin is tall and handsome and good looking. Right? Who knows maybe the two brothers even looked alike. I look I mean when my brother and I were growing up, I'm three and a half, three, three years, 11 months older than my brother. We looked exactly the same. You know, I was a little bit bigger, I was taller, right? I was a little bit fatter. Uh, my brother was like more lean, but but my brother ended up to be like five inches taller than me. He's like six eight, and he's like super strong, and he's not he's not fat at all. Like my brother's a vegetarian. He is like super strong in that gym. Like he's just rips me. You know what I mean? If I can keep up with the guy, I'm just so happy. But my younger brother, my baby brother, we looked alike more when we were younger. And now I guess because of our differences, you know, in height and and the way our bodies have evolved due, or, due to our genetics and our environment and our and our lifestyle, right? We we don't to me, we don't look alike at all anymore, you know. After washing his face, he came back out keeping himself under control. Then he ordered bring out the food. Yeah, let's eat. The waiter served Joseph at his own table and his brothers were served at a separate table. Oh, he didn't even eat with them. Wow. That's a hierarchy right there. The Egyptians who ate with Joseph sat at their own table because Egyptians despise Hebrews and refuse to eat with them. Is that what it says? That's what it says in the NLT. I got to see what uh, what the ESV here says. So let's look at the ESV and it says Genesis 43 and it says they served him by himself. I guess this is Joseph and them by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. Wow, like where did you get that attitude from? You know, it's funny because the you know, Israel was called out of Egypt and God said, you know, I don't I'm not choosing you because you're great in numbers, you're a small and tiny people and and but God revealed himself to the nation of Israel and then he revealed himself and really You know, Israel was really supposed to be like witnesses to the rest of the world, but they evolved to the point where they didn't even want to be Gentiles, you know, 
like I'd rather be a, a certain way than like a Gentile or some. What they had a saying that was like, you know, I'd rather be a dead dog than a Gentile. Like, like there's some nationalism going on there. So is it in every race? You know, every race has got pride, ego, entitlement. Everybody thinks that their tabernacle is camped right next to God's. Like, where's the humility? You know, where's the meekness? You know, pride, we're proud. We're, we're proud and, you know, loud and proud. We're strong and empowered. Well, that's wonderful. Fantastic. We're independent. That's fantastic. But I think God is looking for people who are meek. Because people who are meek can admit that they might be wrong. And people who are meek are teachable. Moses was very meek. And Jesus said, I am meek and humble and you shall find rest for your souls. And yet Jesus Christ never sinned and he was God in flesh. But this is what he says. After washing his face, he came back out, keeping himself under control. Okay. So verse 32, um, he says he refuses to eat with them. Verse 33, Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit and to their amazement he seated them according to age from oldest to youngest <laughs> how does this guy know so much about our family oh boy oh boy i'm sure they were just like you know he's just doing things and they're like is he he's doing it deliberately like okay let me play some psychological games with these dudes here let's see if they actually get this Okay, let, let's see if these guys are actually going to be like puzzled or perplexed or afraid, you know. You, you put people into a situation, they're, they're not in their comfort zone. They're not in the comfort zone, okay. You are out of your uh, comfort level. And you know what? Is it true of all people? When you're, put, when you're taken out of your comfort zone, that's when you're going to learn. I'm sorry to say, I would like to be in my comfort zone. I would like everything to be manageable, proud, uh, predictable. You know, I like being predictable and boring and constant and consistent. And constant and consistent is, is a strength. It's a discipline. But God doesn't allow you to... God doesn't save you in your sins. He saves you from your sins. He chisels you. Even David Pawson said, it's not good enough to be good. God doesn't want you to be good. He wants you to be holy. Yeah, the world talks about good, but only in the Christian church are you going to hear the word holiness, sanctification, consecration. God says in Leviticus, um, you must be holy because I am holy. The Bible says that the angels veil their faces in the presence of God because he's so pure, so holy. Even they themselves who have not sinned, those angels cannot look at him directly unbelievable and joseph filled their plates with food from his own table giving benjamin five times as much as he gave the others five so they feasted and drank freely with him wow this is awesome more to come thanks for listening y'all take care now